Number 64 of High Times presents Free Weed from Danny Danko. As always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the tune. And we have a great show in store for you guys. We are going to talk about our uh, July issue of High Times, our dabs issue, our BHO issue, our concentrates issue. Uh, We'll be talking about that. We're going to do some news. We're going to talk about uh, medical marijuana in New York. We're going to talk about the idiot in Florida, Rubio. Uh, And our interview is an interesting interview. We're going to talk to Sabrina from normal um sabrina is uh, a longtime normal uh worker and she's now moved to denver to open their office there and we're going to talk about um normal getting together with businesses and, and all kinds of interesting stuff uh the cultivation segment we talk about cbd a very controversial subject these days um we do a quiz what's that the puffer pass yeah we do the puffer pass quiz and uh as always of course listener questions answered by me and mike mostly me uh the q a and yeah we're excited thanks to our sponsors bc northern lights and gorilla seed bank uh hope you guys enjoy episode number 64 here it comes all right dan so last week we we said that we might have an announcement for the musical guest at the San Francisco uh, Medical Cannabis Cup. And uh, to make that announcement, who better than our resident musical expert and the managing editor of High Times, Jen Bernstein. Welcome, Jen. Welcome, Jen. Hey, Danny Danko, Mike Hughes, what's going on? You know, just uh, (laughs) psyched for this cup, you know, doing our thing here on the show. And uh, yeah, so tell us who's going to play this cup. Well, it's none other than... My favorite band from Buffalo, New York, Mo. Mo, awesome! And you this guys is, know Mo, right? I I do know Mo. I I remember seeing them uh, years and years ago at Wetlands, uh, New Year's, and things like that. Um, they were definitely like you know one of those bands on the scene that was, you know, along with Fish and and String Cheese Incident and Disco Biscuits. Uh, there was kind of like that post dead you know, run of bands and, you know, they were one of them, a, gr- a great band, a, a departure from us. Cause you know, yeah, this is new, right? Like well, we, as long as I've been here mm-hmm. at high times, we haven't had like a full on rock band at the cup. It's always been hip hop and right, hip hop, reggae. reggae. We tend to stick with those sometimes, but you know, uh, actually, you know, we have had Mo before though. Yeah, we have. And that's, that's a good, interesting story. Right? Like, yeah, no, totally. Um, back in 2007, uh, I attended the High Times Cannabis Cup. I went to Amsterdam, and uh, I went to go see Mo. I wasn't actually going because I was a weed head. I was going because I was a, uh, a Moron, if you a will. Mo- and, moron. <laughs> and so I bought the this like $150 judge's pass, and it gained me entrance to the Melkweg for, for two nights. And I got two sick shows. I got to rock out with, you know, my family. And it was awesome. And then, I don't know, uh, 
let's see, how many years later, maybe five years later, I joined High Times as uh, your managing editor, <laughs> the whip cracker. <laughs> Dan, where's your, your edit? Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, where's yeah. your edit? No, no, yeah, really. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> uh, and, but that was so cool. And I remember that um, Barney's won the cup that year with, I believe it was like a, a haze. Maybe mm-hmm. like and it was Barney's haze. party. They brought yeah. Mo over. Maybe they, amnesia was that possible? Amnesia haze or maybe something like that. Maybe it was a purple haze. Okay, that's what I just remember it being uh. purple, and I love purple, so uh, it kind of stuck with me. And I, I'm sure all the Morons voted for Barney's at the cup. And well, the real question is, did you see any of the cannabis cup itself, or did you just see the Mo show? I don't remember. <laughs> I oh, really, okay. I really <laughs> don't. I just really um, <laughs> stuck around for Mo. Wow. Yeah. Nice. My, my love I was, of music. I was at one of those shows at read. least too. I was at uh, one of those shows in the balcony, and I remember thinking like, "These guys are great, and uh, we should do this more often." Mo Rofton. Oh. Mo Rofton. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm really excited, and so people are actually going to be coming to the Medical Cannabis Cup specifically to see Mo. That's awesome. Um, we're all going to rock out together, and they're going to get some good medicine too. I nice. Mean, Absolutely. And so we're very excited about Mo, and you should definitely come and check them out at that cup. As That's Dan said. the 28th, said, right? It is the Saturday the 28th. Saturday the 28th, 8 p.m. That'll be right there at Sonoma County Fairgrounds as well. And uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be pretty awesome. So check out CannabisCup.com for tickets or more information. Now, uh, usually what we do in this segment is uh, give a little issue preview because the July issue is on newsstands. And since our managing editor, Jen, is here with us, maybe she'd be good enough to stick around and tell us about the issue. Do I have to? Okay, well, fine. I, You know, I love the magazine. We, we pour our sweat, blood, and tears into each issue, and the July issue... Um, we did the same. And this is a big issue because this is the 2014 DAB report. Yep. And uh, Bobby Black spent a lot of time working really hard on this. And um, it's, you know what, really, he waxes <laughs> philosophic wow. about uh, all the concentrates. And, I'm surrounded you know, some... by puns here, people. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And these, uh, you know, some really cool, um, there's some great torch artists. He profiles our buddy uh, Emerge, which... Um, you know, he's been in the scene taking these full gram dabs now for a while and making some really kick-ass torches. Mm-hmm. He, made uh, a check free, out. he made a free weed torch for me, Did actually. Did he really? Yeah, I'm still waiting a... on my stash one, but <laughs> whatever. Um, you know, Nico Escondido has a pretty awesome grow feature um, in the July issue. It's called Swords to Plowshares, and he actually visited a missile silo mm-hmm. and people have been growing in this abandoned missile silo and some beautiful garden shots mm-hmm. uh, that's Nico Escondido he did that's, that uh, that's the kind of repurposing that I can really get into right there like take a missile silo which is you know a, a tool of war and turn it into something that's something good, promoting peace and, and, and medicine and flowers so. yeah we love that <laughs> um, it's got- literally putting flowers in the barrel of the gun <laughs> it's, it's like the literal, literal uh, version of that sort of metaphoric thing that they used to do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can dig that, Dan. I can dig that. Right on. <laughs> um, oh, we have, we've got a story about the secret history of marijuana in video games called Spaced Invaders. Yeah. I've always wanted to know more about this subject, too, is because it's obvious when you played video games in the 80s and growing up in the 80s and 90s that... You know, people behind these games have to be stoned. I mean, we used to say that all the time, you know, certain ones. And they were. Many of them were. And so we kind of go into that in that article. It's very interesting. 
Right on. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about your feature, which um, you worked with Vinny Kaz? Vinny Kaz, yeah. He's a, a, an author that pretty much specializes in, in a lot of outdoor uh, grow technology, and his article is about how to grow uh, in drought conditions, which is very timely right now because, you know, obviously our friends in California and our friends, you know, pretty much all over the country, but particularly California right now, are suffering from a drought. Uh, and that comes with its, its specific interesting challenges to the to the farmer, obviously. And, uh, you know, it's going to affect our food supply and it's going to affect our weed supply. So he's got a bunch of tips and tricks in there on, on how to uh, keep your plants alive when you don't have tons of, of rainwater or, or water on hand. Right on. Yeah. Um, and then our feature interview was with Dr. Carl Hart. Yes. And he is a Columbia professor. And basically, he's researched, uh, he's a neuroscientist who has researched about, um, you know, drugs effects on the brain and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, common misconceptions about substances like marijuana and, you know, all different types of drugs mm -hmm. uh, and about basically how everything that we've learned about drugs and the brain is wrong. Right. And so, that addiction rates are, are, are highly uh, uh, sort of inflamed you know by by doctors and by researchers and things and and that the reality is there are people who do all of these things sort of responsibly in, in a way right I mean mm -hmm. uh, people don't live you know 30 years as a you know a, as a junkie or something without you know learning some things along the way and and, and you know I guess uh, you know doing that thing that they do you know, even though it's probably not so great for them, but they, they do it in somewhat of a responsible manner, even if they are addicted. And yeah, very interesting man. He's done a lot of studies on uh, neuroscience and the, and the neurobiology of, of what actually happens in your brain when you take drugs. And, you know, and if <laughs> you can even hear those ads in the subway that say like smoke weed, you know, yeah, he's to get been paid. doing those, yeah, uh, that's them. those tests at <laughs> that's Columbia. Them. I've, I've been on a couple of uh, shows with him here and there, and uh, he's very, very intelligent. And uh, for someone in the field of, of, of drug research, he's a, a very open-minded and very uh, open to new ideas, not really trying to parrot the, the government way. And, I mean, that's really how you get ahead in that world. And yet he's managed to, uh, to still, you know, have a great career. So, And he's got a great book out now mm -hmm. as well. Uh, I forget the name, but uh, well, it's in the article. So it's in the article. Can so read about yeah, it. check out the magazine. It's an interview with him, and he talks about his book where he he debunks a lot of the myths and and prevailing things that people think about drugs and pot, of course. We've got some cool entertainment, some music features going. We got Cannabis Corpse, which is a band I really can't say I'm too familiar with. <laughs> Cannabis but Corpse. Cannabis Corpse, but there is Little Debbie. Is that right? a uh, is that a, a, a classical music outfit? <laughs> I think it's metal. I think metal. It's like it sounds a, like metal. It's probably <laughs> we'll bring Bobby Black to talk about death, metal. Death metal. But yeah. my homegirl. Your homegirl's in Lil this Debbie, issue. Little yeah. Debbie, what up? What's and up, Little Debbie? She's very outspoken about um, her pot use and uh, you know some great quotes in this interview. When I specifically like uh, I'm gonna talk about real quick she said if I didn't smoke weed I feel like I would be a pretty boring basic bitch oh, right wow. on. So interesting well the basic bitch thing that's like um, one of their phrases they're like the white girl mob kind of thing yeah, that she they... goes to the bitch well often in that uh, piece and you can also <laughs> see some of that online at hightimes.com there's a little extra uh, snippet of that little Debbie interview it's it's Lil Debbie. Lil Debbie. Lil yeah. L I L Debbie. Lil Debbie. Yeah, yeah. That white girl. Mom. You, you guys she knows know, be nasty. If you yeah. And creation. 
exactly. Your girl. She's part of that crew. Yeah. She was in the uh, the Gucci Gucci video. Mm. She's the, the the style icon and uh, not a, a basic bitch. Not, not a basic. I, I don't like to use that type of terminology, but you're you're, <laughs> you're correct. She's not basic. All right. Well, uh, that is the July 2014 issue of High Times. It is on newsstands now, and it's got the uh, the rig and the torch, and it looks very cool. The dab report is there. There's there's a review of uh, of torches and and rigs or or of nails, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a a specific Mm -hmm. nail and torch review. Right. Right. So if you're wondering, you know, should I go titanium? Should I go Mm -hmm. quartz? Should I do this? Should I do that? Porcelain, right? Porcelain. I mean, there's so many options. Bobby breaks them all down in there. So check it out. Cool. Yes, pick that up. Jen Bernstein, thank you so much for joining us on Free Weed. If the, if you, the listener, need some more Jen Bernstein, you can follow her on Twitter. What mm-hmm. is it, uh, at NYC Jam Gal? That's correct, NYC Jam Gal, G-A-L. And uh, pretty awesome. Mike and I yesterday ran into uh, Tracy Morgan on really? the street. Wow. Yeah, nice. and I chased him down and gave him my card, and it was like, dude, you got to do something with High Times, please. Like, He's like, I love High Times, and we're oh, like, right on. So Excellent. Uh, she literally gave him her business card in a moving car. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he was, was trying to drive away, and she was not having it. It was the third most gangster thing I've ever seen. It was pretty <laughs> awesome. Three. So yeah. maybe uh, we can get him on free weed. I don't know if you're uh, into, you know, stoner comedy. Tracy he was Morgan so Tracy Morgan, so too. He yelled out great. the card like, that he loves High Times. and his. <laughs> I'm going to get you pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) He did not yell that out. Um, That's pretty awesome. Thanks, guys, (laughs) for having me. On that note, yeah, thank you. It's always fun to be here. It's at NYC Jam Gal, Danny Danko, Mike Hughes. Thank you so much. All right, so uh, let us do a little news. What do you say, Dan? Some new shit? Let's do the new news hit. Oh, that's it? News hit? I think it's news. Is it new shit? This is a mini news hit. Dan, let's talk about a couple stories that are in the news right now. All right, let's do it. Okay, so, uh, you know Marco Rubio. He's a senator down in Florida. Pretty conservative guy. Uh, he, he stated to uh, ABC News the other day, I don't believe there's a responsible way to recreationally use marijuana. Now, he also, in this same interview, dodged the question about whether he ever smoked pot because he said it might influence children to get high. What do you think about this? Well, clearly that's obvious that he has smoked pot, just by his answer. Uh, second, he's a dumbass. Total dumbass. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Can we just officially say, fuck Marco Rubio? Yeah, I mean, I could say that. Yeah, okay. for sure. Fuck Marco Rubio. Uh, this is a dude that's being considered for president? Like, Well, he's that, considering making a run for the presidency in 2016, yeah. yes. Well, make a run somewhere else. <laughs> Because <laughs> we're not trying to hear that shit. And that's like, I mean, that's just stupid. Like in this day and age in Florida where they're hopefully about to pass a medical marijuana bill. And I don't know, just, you know, the, the politicians are the last people besides maybe, you know, the real, you know, the police and the prison guards and stuff that are going to come around. I mean, it's just they're such cowards. They're so, you know, it, 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 if it helped them, they'd come around in a second. And that's why it's important to vote and call them and, and contact them and let them know uh, you know, on that local level, particularly like Sabrina talked about, or will talk about, <laughs> I guess later. <laughs> we look into the future. We think that Sabrina uh, might talk about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, it's just stupid. It, 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 it's really sad in this day and age that these are the people who govern us because w- we have better. We have people who really care about you know the future and you know the the atrocities of the drug war and all these things. People are out there who care about it, and then you've got these vapid empty idiots that 
are in charge and it's really it's very frustrating and it would all be over if we all voted so just keep that in mind you know it, it makes a difference so um vote and get these idiots out because no i mean honestly like a vote for marco rubio from a pothead is like that's like a vote for hitler from a jew like you're you're <laughs> You know, I hate to wow. make that analogy or okay. whatever, but like, come on. These that's guys, a, that's this a little guy, intense. Okay, but, but this guy hates you. He wants you to go to jail. He wants to destroy your family. He's okay with cops just invading your home, shooting your dog, attacking your, your family, and like, you know, scaring the shit out of your children. He's okay with all of that, but don't smoke a joint, you know, like... Whatever, fuck Marco Rubio, for real. Uh, yeah. Let me just give you a couple more quotes from Rubio since we're all a little uh, heated Jewish, up about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Not, like, it's not a disparaging comment. I'm, 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 you know, making an analogy, and it's obviously not quite as severe, of course, but it's voting in against your own interests, and it's really stupid. So, uh, you know, I, I hear every once in a while from these conservative right wing pothead people, don't, don't, you know, like please don't do that. Like, there's no nothing to be gained from that. Like. Yeah, well, Rubio also said in that Green same Party, interview, Democrat, whatever, like working families, whatever you want, but Republican, come on, man, these dudes are whack. They're so whack. I'm sorry, like if you're a pothead and you vote Republican, you are 100 percent in the wrong all the time. Okay, uh, Rubio also said in this interview, uh, the bottom line is I don't think people should smoke marijuana. And when asked about recreational pot in Colorado and Washington. He stated, marijuana is illegal under federal law, and that should be enforced. I believe that adding yet another mind-altering substance to something that's legal is not good for the country. So, Who is this that- right-wing guy who suddenly cares about, like, federal laws? Like, <laughs> since when do these do? I mean, all they talk about is, 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 you know, shrinking the federal government, blah, blah. It's all they talk about is... The, the federal government has too much power. And then in this one case, they make an exception in the drug war case. You know, it's so hypocritical. It's just it's it's mind boggling and it's ridiculous. And seriously, like vote. And, you know, I, I'm i glad, you know, even if you are a Republican pothead, I'm glad you vote. But like seriously, reconsider what you're voting for. And then just one more thing about Rubio. He is at least uh, somewhat open to the idea of medical pot, which, as you mentioned, uh, Florida has the opportunity to legalize medical pot in uh, November. And that is Amendment 2 for uh, for medical cannabis. So let's move on to some good news. And this is actually a story that you have covered for HighTimes.com. In our home state of New York, the uh, Compassionate Care Act has passed the Senate Health Committee. Now, New York has had a long history of contemplating uh, medical marijuana law, uh, but now it seems like things are moving forward. And uh, we even have a Republican assemblyman, uh, Ray Walters, who is co-signed or signed on as a co-sponsor. What do you what do you think about this? Yeah, you know, it's it, it's it's our first uh, real opportunity because you know it always fails in the Senate, so it's important that this passed a Senate committee. Uh, it always passes the assembly and then it gets to the Senate and dies. But this is a bipartisan bill, so we have Republican support. So thank you to the Republicans who support this. Like what I said before, disregard it. Thank, <laughs> thank, thank yeah. you to the New York Republicans who support uh, the Compassionate Care Act. Uh, this is the year that it passes. This is the year that it goes to uh, Cuomo's mm. desk, and he will. You know, I, I have a feeling he'll sign it. So, it, you know. It's a bipartisan bill. Diane Savino, who's our representative, uh, changed some of the wording of the bill uh, in order to bring a few Republicans over to our side, and it worked. So, 
you know, barring any kind of craziness, it should go through. But the important thing now is to put pressure, particularly if you're a New York State resident, put pressure on your local politicians, on your assemblymen and your, your senators to uh, vote for it. And I have a whole list online at hightimes.com of those senators. You can find uh, which ones are, it's in order of importance of who to contact. Uh, all, it just takes a few seconds, 30 seconds. You call. Uh, if you have a personal story with medical marijuana, they love to hear that. If you don't, just tell them, you know, you live in their district, you vote, and you support medical marijuana, and you, you, you're hoping that they will support it as well. If they, they, they listen. They do get those calls, and they do listen. And the one thing that scares them uh, is being voted out. So, you know, be polite, but let them know that you're, you're, this issue is important to you, and that's, uh, that's the way to go. So check it out on hightimes.com. I have a whole thing just... Um, search for New York or, or Compassionate Care Act or whatever, and you'll see it. Um, there's a bunch of things you can do there. There's ways to contact people with email. There's ways to call them. And, and like I said, if you're a New York State resident, it's very important to do this right now, between now and June 28th or June 19th, I believe, is the time. Uh, to, yes, June 19th. June 19th is the day, I believe, that uh, you know they, they end for the summer and all of that. So we want to get it out. We want if, if New York State goes, I'll put it like this. If New York State goes and Florida goes, that's it for the whole country, okay? So if you're in Georgia or, or, or anywhere else, that's the majority of the country right there. It won't be the majority of the states. It'll be 23 or 24 states. But population-wise, it'll be way more than the people that are in states that don't have uh, medical marijuana or recreational marijuana. It'll be the majority of the United States people that have it, and once that tipping point is reached, it's over for every other state, and I'm including people who think they're in the states that are the last to legalize. So uh, this is a big one, folks. You know, New York is a big populated state uh, on the East Coast. If we go, you all go, so help us out. Yeah, so so check it. If you want a little more on that or if you actually want to contact uh, the Senate or the Assembly, go to HighTimes.com and check out Dan's article on the Compassionate Care Act there. Uh, that does it for this mini-news hit. Everyone should stick around because we have a really great interview coming up after the break. Yeah, it's good. it's very exciting. We have Sabrina uh, from Normal uh, and Normal Women's Alliance and... Uh, uh, a great activist who has recently moved to Denver to open a new uh, satellite office for the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. So stick around for our illuminating chat with Sabrina. All right, you guys, I know you want to grow pot. That's probably why you're powering through listening to <laughs> me and Mike yap about all this stuff. We'll get to it. Yeah, so... The reason you're here, I would imagine, is you either want to grow pot or you want to grow better pot. So here's the deal. Check out BC Northern Lights Grow Boxes. These guys have been around, like I always say, since 2001, manufacturing these things from the ground up. These are built machines for specifically for this purpose, not repurposed cabinets or, or, or you know bookcases that have been carved out to grow weed in. This is made for cannabis production. And, uh, you know, it shows because... All of the components, all of the equipment is top-notch. I, I like to call them the Rolls Royces of grow boxes. They, they are a little bit more spendy, but you're getting what you pay for. They roll around on casters. They're very easy to move. They're fairly lightweight for how big they are. 
Um, the bloom box has three chambers in which you can grow perpetually year-round. Mother plants, clones, flowering plants, everything inside this one box. Lockable, uh, touchscreen technology. You know, the roommate can replace your lame roommate by literally growing you free pot. And uh, it's got a very small footprint. It's an amazing machine. The producer, look, if you have access to rooted clones or you want to grow from seed, the producer will allow you to grow a lot of pot in a very small space with not a lot of electrical usage, one outlet from the wall. So check them out. Everything's automated. Everything's, you can do hydroponic, you can do soil, you can supplement. There's all kinds of add-ons and wonderful different packages that they have. They're good friends. They're great supporters. So check them out at bcnorthernlights.com or give them a call seven days a week at 888-236-1266. Tell them Danny Danko and Free Weed sent you and there's all kinds of special deals that they have for people who mention that they heard of them from our show. Now back to the show. All right, we are back, and uh, we have a special guest today. Uh, welcome to Sabrina. She is the Director of Strategic Partnerships at Normal. Welcome, Sabrina. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Um, Tell me a little bit about uh, how you basically got into activism. What what drove you to activism uh, for marijuana law reform? Oh, wow. Okay. So I was in college. This is like the same story everybody, almost everybody has. I was in college. I got busted on campus and um, wound up having a few other interactions with the law enforcement in the area and had to write a story or an article about... Um, what I had done, and I just started researching the history of marijuana prohibition because I didn't understand why there was such a harsh penalty for this. There was nothing wrong with it. And the more that I learned, the more angry I got and the more frustrated. So I ended up completely changing my entire focus in college, which was um, more, it, it was a focus on the Iraq war and our Middle East policy and completely switched over to marijuana prohibition and wrote my preliminary thesis on the evolution of uh, propaganda in conjunction with our policies. So the way that they sold marijuana prohibition to the public in the 30s versus in the 70s versus the 90s versus today and how that the message changes but the only thing that's consistent is that marijuana stayed illegal. And it's just the hypocrisy of that. And then I moved home. I grew up in Washington, D.C. and was looking for a job. Um, I was looking on Craigslist one day after college, and I saw that Normal was hiring. And I sent in my resume and got an interview with Alan St. Pierre, and that was actually six years ago this week. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank That's you. That's awesome. And uh, so then you began working at the national offices of Normal in D.C.? Yeah, I got hired as um, the executive assistant, started working in the national office. Um, Bush was still president. John Walters was still the drug czar. And if you had told me I'd be living in Colorado buying legal weed, I would have thought you were completely insane. I don't think that was on anybody's radar at that time. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> so um, you were in D.C. and now you've recently moved to Denver basically to open a satellite office of Normal there in Colorado? Yeah, I've moved to Denver two months ago, and uh, so we can sort of have a finger on the pulse of 
real legalization and sort of how the industry is unfolding and understanding the nuances of it, the, the different specifics that are going on, that new issues that have never been an issue before that are emerging now as a result of a legal market, which are good. They're not bad issues, but they're still, this whole industry is new and under development. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was, I think it's important that normal have somebody on the ground out here to be a part of that and be able to relay that back to Washington. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't hurt that there's a legal legal pot out there either, right? No, that doesn't hurt. That doesn't <laughs> hurt at all. <laughs> so as director, it's pretty surreal. yeah, it is pretty surreal. I try to I try to explain it to people back home, and I, I they, it, you kind of have to see it to believe it. I mean, they they don't really get it, but uh, as yeah. As director of strategic partnerships, uh, you know what exactly does that entail? Is that uh, involve bringing in like uh, corporate interests into normal and things like that? Um, no, it's more about building because normal is very much a consumer advocacy group, and there there's been a gray marijuana industry over the last fifteen twenty years in California, but. Um, sort of as the industry begins to emerge in a legal market, it, we thought it was important that Normal as a consumer advocacy group have a relationship with the industry in order to sort of encourage the development of responsible, sustainable enterprises that, you know, to serve their community and, and set an, a positive example for the growing cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. And to that end... Getting ahead of the game. To that end, you, you had mentioned that you're... you're uh, starting the normal business network as well. Yes, that's that's basically uh, what I just described is going to be the normal business network, sort of our our area of um, business focus. So it's going to include, you know, it's just starting small. We're focusing it in Denver, well, also because it's the only place with legal stores up and running. But, um, you know, this is going to, the plan is to make this a national program. Mm-hmm. But it's being developed here, and we're launching it officially June 2nd, Monday, the first Monday in June. And hopefully, you know, there's been a lot of good feedback. I spoke to a lot of business owners about it, and everybody says, well, you know, there's a lot of awesome industry organizations out there that do a really excellent job representing those businesses. There isn't really a better business bureau of the marijuana industry and that's kind of that's what our goal is to serve as as the better business bureau of marijuana so it's a place people can trust if they want to you know patron a business or or give money to a business that they know is uh, on the up and up is also giving back to the movement and giving back to the community that helped get them to where they are today Mm -hmm. that's you know transparent and accountable and just a good example of corporate social responsibility what are what are some of the criteria that businesses have to uh to qualify for that sort of thing well we have um there's sort of baseline requirements where they obviously have to fulfill all licensing and bonding legal jurisdiction requirements they have to be free from government action um avoid anything that would reflect unfavorably on normal or our or the image of its business partners, but more specifically, there's a um, tiered, scaled criteria that includes the um, prices, do they give discounts to veterans, packaging, labeling, testing, 
Do they, you know, do they test their products? What do their labels look like? Do they give their employees fair wages? Do they give back to their community? Hmm. Um, so it's all a- kinds of different things like that. What is their, their just the whole makeup of their business has to not just serve the bottom line, the money bottom line, but has to serve their community and their environment at large. Yeah, are they, you know, environmentally friendly where they can be? And I understand that there's still um, challenges in that, but even businesses that are working or committed towards implementing those in the future, even though they can't, it, it's difficult to do that right now. But there are there's a lot of really excellent businesses that I've looked at that already qualify. There are just brilliant examples that deserve to be highlighted and promoted on a national level as a positive example of what the marijuana industry can look like. That's excellent. That sounds great. Um, now let's get uh, back to what 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 can an average person do? I, I want to actually uh, do this on a, on a level kind of uh, tiered basis, basically starting with like, uh, a beginner activist, someone who's who's outraged about uh, you know the way the situation's going, hopeful about the future. What what can that average person, let's say, for, on a beginner activism level, do uh, to, mm-hmm. to 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 help us uh, to help normal to help us uh, to end marijuana prohibition? Well. Step one, I would say, is educate yourself as much as you possibly can. Read all of Normal's old there's studies, there's blogs. Just understand the history and understand the the present day um, situation. You know, so you can. It's so important to have a grasp of the scope of what's happening, so that you can understand what's been tried in the past, what the results of those attempts have been, what works, what doesn't work, that would be your, my first suggestion. Second suggestion would be to contact and join your local normal chapter. Um, if you go to normal.org, we have a chapter meeting calendar on the right side of the website. You just have to scroll down a little bit, and um, you can see if there's a chapter meeting in your area. You can also go to um, our chapter's pages, normal.org slash chapter, and if you don't see a meeting in your area, there's a map of the United States and you can click on the state you're in and find your local chapter. And if there isn't one, um, I highly recommend starting one or finding a group of five individuals that are interested in starting to educate and reform people in their communities because it all happens on the ground. Um, Another thing that an individual can do is to vote and to whether or not there's a marijuana initiative, you can still find out what your elected official's position on the issue is. And that can have a huge effect, especially on a local level. It is your vote is worth exponentially more on a city and county and regional level than it is on, although it is absolutely important to vote in all elections, mm-hmm. um, politics begins at home. All politics is local. So meet your representatives, talk to them about the issue, talk to them about why you care about the issue, and show them that their constituents want to see change. Uh, You can also donate to Normal and help us further our reform efforts, organizing these chapters and running the different programs that we have. Um, There's the Normal Legal Committee. Um, So those would be like the, the 
first couple of steps, I would say. Once you have entered into that world, you will start to meet people and network with people around the country and, and in your area. There, no matter what, I guarantee that there is somebody fighting to reform marijuana laws within at least well, I can't say the general because I don't know about the Midwest, but <laughs> coming from the East Coast, I would say within at least, you know, a three or four hour drive, hmm. I would be shocked if there wasn't. But um, you can also, oh, online, educate, sharing articles, talking to your family. Um, that's probably, I should have said that first. <laughs> that's probably the most important thing you can do because... When you talk to your family, you know, no matter how they may look at you, if you're the child or, you know, the crazy aunt or whatever, um, they're the ones that are going to listen to you the most, and especially if you were negatively affected by marijuana prohibition. If you were arrested or someone you love is sick and can't get access to medicine or both, um, you know, then there's a, a very personal story there. And, you know, Americans are very compassionate people, especially when it comes to people they love. And everybody loves somebody who smokes marijuana. I guarantee it. <laughs> cool. And so what about on a more advanced level? Uh, if, if people are already contacting their representatives, they're already member members of normal, uh, but they're just looking to, to go that extra step. Is there is there something else that people can do if they're, they want to be more heavily involved? Well, yeah, the next step, you know, start um, seeing if you can jump into some leadership roles and kind of, you know, advocate to put yourself on the board of a chapter or of another organization that is working, you know, with the, with the same objectives that you have. Um, you know, once you put yourself in a leadership position, then, you know, you're able to empower yourself and others to move in a direction that now you are experienced enough to direct and lead. So, yeah, I mean, that you can run for office <laughs> is always another suggestion because, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, if you're, you know, you're educated, if you, and then once, you know, you become involved at a greater depth, you, like I said before, you do start to network with other people. You start to attend other conferences. I would say if you can, if you have access to resources, hold your own fundraiser, hold your own event, and bring in other people. Because that's another thing that I think our movement is really good at and benefits from is face-to-face -face networking and meeting other people that are fighting the same fight, even in different areas, even if they feel like they're all alone. I run the southeastern region of normal for all of the chapters, and I think every single state tells me that they think they're the, going to be the last to legalize it, no matter Virginia, Georgia, Florida, Mississippi, they all think they're the last to legalize it, and they all think that nobody supports it. Well, not none of their politicians support it. Mm -hmm. But when I had a southeastern regional conference so they could all meet each other, they all had sort of the same challenges that are unique to that region, and it really helped them. Um, that galvanize and, and energize each other to go out and really um, enact change. And now they all have incredible networks all around that area. That's excellent. Uh, did you can, can you tell me a little bit about Normal Women's Alliance and uh, what that's all about? Sure. Um, 
Alliance is a women's outreach program that I started in January 2010, and it was inspired by a Marie Claire article that came out that was called Stiletto Stoners. And when I read it, it was it really spoke to me because it was something that I'd probably been in normal for, I don't know, a year and a half, maybe two years. And in that time, there was no, nothing really spoke to me individually as, a, you know, a, a professional woman who likes to smoke pot, who's not, you know, not culturally associated, doesn't really culturally associate, but cares about the issue, likes the plant, and didn't even realize that there were other people out there that did that. It didn't, and I was shocked that it didn't occur to me. So I wrote a blog about it and how it just, it says a lot about all of these women that do exist out there and really should speak out. There was um, a really enthusiastic response to it. And we kind of came up with the idea of starting a project under the Normal Foundation to um, organize and empower women who had, you know, not necessarily left out but didn't really feel involved or um, didn't really identify with what the stereotype of the movement was. Um, it was also women were um, more nervous about speaking out. They're just you know, when it comes to mothers, they're, they don't want to risk their children. They don't want to um, influence. They're worried that their communities are going to look down on them. But when they see other women of their, you know, um, equal stature, I guess, then it, it's just a safe place for them to feel comfortable where they can associate with other people. They share sort of the same issues and concerns that are unique to their group within the marijuana movement. Um, there, there's lots of issues that, I mean, tons of issues that are important to everybody, but specific issues that were unique to women were addressed in uh, a greater light, and um, that was sort of the sole focus of it. And then it became, um, you know, the women wanted to organize, they wanted to get involved, so I created small community organizer groups around the country where um, all volunteer run. These women would hold meetings and events. If there was something going on reform related in their area, they would represent the Normal Women's Alliance and a group of women at that event. It was just creating a presence that was um, not there before. There was, as far as I could tell, there was um, Wo uh, Wham. Mm -hmm. Was um, although there was there's was more it, it's like uh, equal because it's women and men, um, but besides Wham, which is sort of what I found in my research, I didn't see any other women outreach groups. Mm -hmm. And also because I mean women are such a powerful political force. If you look at alcohol prohibition, they were the reason alcohol prohibition went into effect, and they were the reason alcohol prohibition got repealed. Yeah. So. Um, you know, harnessing the power of women as a constituency is a very powerful thing. Yeah, and I think it's amazing. I, I really, I, I, I love the idea of the, uh, you know, the, the older activists or the people who've been in, in the uh, movement longer sort of mentoring some of the younger people that are just getting involved. 
and uh, you know allow know. allowing them to avoid some of the pitfalls and things that that they went through and I think that that's important um, mm-hmm. so that's great and uh, you guys are opening a Denver office I, I heard that there's a launch party for that yeah June 2nd cool June 2nd launch party uh, maybe we're gonna launch the business network we've got open vape is a headlining sponsor and support from weed maps cool. so it's going to be pretty awesome i'm trying to lock in a food sponsor so i can't publicly announce it yet <laughs> but um it's we've got a lot of people i think it looks like a lot of industry leaders are going to be there um i'll be there alan st pierre executive director will be there diane fornbacher uh, who's on the board of directors of normal will be there and it should be a really excellent time just to sort of, um, you know, get to know everybody in, in the area and let everyone know that we're here to help and to guide the, the entire, you know, assist with growing this growing industry as it blossoms into its own market. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, if people want to find out more information, they can go to normal.org. Uh, or facebook.com slash normal n-o-r-m-l uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show and uh, enlightening us as to uh, what you've been up to out there and so thank you Sabrina thank you so much thanks for having me and we will be back uh, with our cultivation segment we're going to talk about CBD and do some Q&A so uh, thanks Sabrina and we'll be back All right, you guys, Gorilla Cannabis Seeds. These guys have been doing this for years. They know what they're doing. They, their packaging, everything is top-notch. Um, they have all kinds of free seed giveaways that they can do. Uh, everything's really discreet and stealthy, 100%. Really good prices, eco-friendly packaging, worldwide delivery. That's the most important part right there, worldwide delivery. I get asked that all the time. Who's going to send me seeds? Ask the Gorilla, and it's gorilla dash cannabis-seeds.co.uk that's their website check out their facebook and their twitter please check them out and you know gorilla also has a promise they have really good customer service so a lot of these companies you'll send an email you'll call a number the number is dead the email doesn't respond these guys are there for you so go gorilla or go home All right, we are back, and this is the cultivation segment that you probably just fast-forwarded to. <laughs> Do you remember in the old days we would put, like, the time code so people can just <laughs> skip the bullshit and go right to the, the right. important part of the show? This is the marrow, the yeah. meat, right. the, the soul. We hope that you suffer through the rest of it to some extent and don't just skip to this. But if you do, then that's this is your show, too. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, we have a good lecture and some great uh, Q&A this week, but, you know, it's been a little while since we've done this, and I want to play a game. I want to play a game. Let's do it. Okay, so uh, this is Puff or Pass. I'm going to read you uh, several statements, and you are going to tell me whether you puff or pass on them. Okay. All right. Number one, uh, plant growth regulators, or PGRs, are a safe and effective way to increase your crop's yield. I'm going to go ahead and pass on that one because uh, plant growth regulators are okay, I guess, if for, you know, decorative things like flowers, um, things like that. But I don't recommend using them for anything that you're going to consume or 
particularly inhale, you know. So, uh, yeah, I don't think PGRs are something that you need to use in the cannabis business. It's unnecessary. Uh, it's not, you know, it's just not something I recommend. I, I think they're harmful uh, in ways that they're, you know, obviously if it's just plants for display, like uh, for a bouquet and things like that, it's not a big deal. But um, these are things that you make concentrates out of, you make edibles out of, you smoke, you vaporize, um, you know, topicals, all that stuff. You just, there's no reason for to use uh, PGRs for cannabis, in my opinion. So your qualm was with the safe part of that statement, not the effective. Yeah, I mean, you know, sure, they keep plants, uh, you know, shorter and stockier and things like that. But it, 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 to what cost, you know, at what, at what cost and to what end? Because the, you know, uh, you know, these are hormones and things that you're putting into your plants uh, that make them behave in a certain way. And an overabundance of those, like nobody really knows, you know, what the, uh, you know, the proper amount of them is for consumption purposes and things like that. So it's, it's better to just stay away and not, uh, not even bother with that. All right. Uh, number two, rooting hormones for cloning are a waste of time and money. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that one, too, uh, because I do believe that rooting hormones, uh, rather than plant growth regulators, rooting hormones actually, you know, there's they, you use them so early in the plant's life. They really are just there uh, to help induce roots from a cut end of a clone. And they work and they keep, you know, there's a fungicide in there, too, that keeps the uh, the cut end from from rotting before the roots can pop out. Um, there's a number of benefits to be gained from rooting hormones. So I would separate, you know, PGRs from rooting hormones in that way. Rooting, rooting hormone, rooting gel, rooting powder uh, are, are essential to rooting. You don't, uh, the truth is you can root a cutting without them, but uh, your likelihood of success is much greater if you use them. And they're used so early in the plant's life and really for that one particular purpose of inducing roots, and then once that's done, you 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 know you don't have to apply them again. So, uh, I do approve of root, using rooting hormone in order to get cuttings to put out roots. Okay, sounds good. Let's move on to number three, and this one I think is a little controversial. It's better to trim your weed while it's still wet. I will puff on that. That's in my opinion, that's true. Uh, the initial trim that you do, taking off the fan leaves and some of the sugar leaves there. Uh, I, I believe in doing that when the plant is, is, is still wet and uh, it just makes it easier in my opinion and um, you know the benefits of it are such that the, the buds dry out slightly quicker probably because you know you're taking away some of the moisture but uh, it's easier the, the leaves are sticking out at that point if you let a plant dry and then try to trim it um, you end up with the leaves kind of curling around the buds and it just makes it more difficult you need to be more precise about your trimming <clears throat> and I, do, I just don't think it's necessary if you dry whole branches because there's enough water inside the branch and inside the bud to let the, the bud dry out slowly. And, um, you know, it's just good to get that leaf off of there early. And I think you end up with a better manicured product in the end. So, yeah, I, I approve of uh, trimming while uh, branches are still wet, but also drying upside down whole branches after that trim. And then, you know, you go into the curing process and such. But... Um, yeah, that's where I stand on that one. Danko is, is <clears throat> puffing on wet trim. Number four. No, uh, no, wait, wait, wait. Yep. I'm not puffing no. on wet trim, hmm. but I puff rather than pass on the idea of trimming when wet. You like certainly not puffing trim on wet. wet. Yeah, I, I think pot <laughs> should be trimmed when it's wet, personally. 
All right. Uh, Puffer Pass, our next question, or ne- our next statement. You should not smoke joints in your grow room, says Marco Rubio. <laughs> I was just going to bring him up because uh, I felt like I definitely avoided the uh, the innuendos that you were just throwing at me mm. with the trimming thing. Yeah, I'm anyway. playing dumb over there. <clears throat> anyway, uh, I don't think it's – I'm going to puff on that because – oh, wait. Pass on that? I don't even know. I, uh, you should not smoke joints in your grow room. You're passing, I think. Yeah, I'm going to pass on okay. that. I mean, I – as a rule, you shouldn't because it's not something you should make a habit out of. But at the same time, if you're, you know, if, you know, if you just want to blaze one up in there one time, it's not a big deal. It's not going to leave a ton of, uh, you know, dust or ash or anything. You know, if you do, if you do it every day, it's going to cause problems. You know, but you know, once once a grow cycle, smoke a joint in there. It's one of the things I I used to do in order to figure out how the air was circulating in my grow room. I would go in and sit in various uh, parts of the grow room with a joint burning and just watch the smoke and see where it goes because uh, you learn a lot about how air moves throughout your grow room and, th- and that's something that, that people don't sometimes consider. They put up a fan, they put an exhaust, and they think it's done, but the truth is where the air goes in your grow room is, it, is super important and how that circulates and, and does it get to certain plants in the back corner? Does it get to, and, and, and you can smoke a joint in there and figure it out by watching the smoke. So, um, you know, you could also use incense or something else. I think it's funner to smoke in there. As long as you don't make it a habit, it's not a big deal. I know some people will say, oh, what about this or what about that? And whatever, dude. There's bigger problems going on in your grow room than you smoking a joint in there. So, uh, fix them, fix the big problems, and worry about the little things later. All right. As, well, as a wise man once told me, never put minor before major. And that's a uh, shout out to Easy Gene. Easy Gene? All right. Uh, let's go on to our next statement here. Uh, high pressure sodium lights, HPS lights, are essential, with the emphasis on essential, for flowering your indoor crop. I'm going to pass on that one. Uh, the truth is you can flower plants under a metal halide. If all you can afford is one grow light, honestly, my money is on metal halides at that point because they're great for great for veg. I mean, you know, they're perfect for, for the vegging cycle. And they work for flowering too. And, you know, I've flowered plants under metal halides. They've turned out amazing. They have big buds. Everything's fine. Um, I know most people do prefer high-pressure sodiums. And if you have that option, you should do that, you know. But... Uh, if all you can buy is one grow light, get yourself, you know, a 400 or a 600 watt metal halide, even a thousand if you want to step up to that. And you can go through your whole cycle with just that one light. And it's not a big deal. I mean, ideally you have high pressure sodiums in your flowering room, but it's not essential. It's not the only way to flower. Not essential. All right. Now, normally the game Puff or Pass has just five statements, but we're giving you a little bonus in episode 64 here and our final statement for Puff or Pass. Yes. This is a, a particularly tailored for you, Danny Danko. Uh, Prince's film Purple Rain is a work of cinematic genius. I'm puffing on that. I'm definitely <laughs> puffing on that. I love the movie. I think it's amazing. Uh, I love the album. I'm a big Prince fan. Uh, we've had a lot of discussions lately around, uh, you know, how great he is and, 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 you know, his songwriting, his guitar playing. He's everything playing. I mean, he plays the drums. He plays bass. He plays everything on, on those records. And he's an amazing live performer. I don't know. I put him up there in, you know, the top ten of all musicians of, uh, in my mind just for that. But 
Purple Rain is the masterpiece, you know, and uh, the film, it's clunky, you know, the acting's not amazing. Obviously, you know, it didn't win the Palme d'Or at Cannes, but... Robbed. Yeah, it was... <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that was a tough year. But, uh... But it, it tells an amazing story. It's semi-autobiographical for, for Prince and, uh, you know, Apollonia and the beautiful ones and Darling Nikki and, you know, I Would Die For You. There's so many incredible moments in the film that are basically like mini videos for the songs. And, yeah, Purple Rain's a masterpiece. I, I, I don't even know why we're even discussing it. All right. Very good. And uh, I also am a big Prince fan, so I agree with you on that. So that was Puffer Pass. Thanks for uh, for sticking around for that. And what shall we do for our cultivation tip of the week? Uh, you know what? Let's talk about CBDs. This has been a big thing that people have been talking about. Um, CBD-only legislation, uh, growing strains with high CBD and things like that. Uh, what CBD is is cannabidiol. It's uh, a cannabinoid, and it's credited with medical properties, including uh, reducing seizures and things. And that's why if you watch the Sanjay Gupta special on CNN, you'll see him praising CBDs. Well, some people think CBDs are like the holy grail of medicine, right? And, and some people dismiss them altogether. Yeah, and, and, and I'm somewhere in between because CBDs are effective medicine, but they need other cannabinoids CBD needs the other cannabinoids. It's a whole plant medicine. There's a reason that the plant has all of these essential oils. And isolating one and having legislation for just that one is not really, in my opinion, a step in the right direction. Because no, is that what's called the uh, the entourage effect? It's the entourage effect. Whole plant medicine. You have to have – it's about the ratio of CBD to THC. There's some THC there. And, in fact, when the ratio is even, you know, 8% to 8%, that sort of thing – they kind of cancel each other out. You get the medical properties without the high, but you have the medicine. If it's CBD only, 0% THC, it's not nearly as effective. I'm not going to say it's not effective, but it's not nearly as effective. So, uh, And it's not just about CBD and T THC. There's so many other things. We're focused on this one, but they're all there. And the, the, the medicine itself is, is in the plant. It's in the essential oil. It's not in one oil only it's it's in the whole plant and that's why we prefer all of that it's 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 this this the benefits of cbd are greatly increased when used in conjunction with the other cannabinoids including thc so while we're demonizing thc in the medical community we should remember that you have to have it there that's the entourage effect that's how medical marijuana works okay and the key to utilizing it is understanding those ratios different ratios work for different symptoms so if you're a patient, you're going to find relief for your symptoms with a certain ratio. And this is why that legislation is not so great, because pure CBD is not the, the answer to your medical concerns. So and now, OK, there's also this, you know, the pure CBD that's out there right now is being made in China. This we're talking about hemp paste. This is being made from the hemp plants that the Chinese use to make uh, fabric. And things like that. Now they've figured out that if they, uh, you know, use the flowers and make this hemp paste, they can sell it as m medicine. And it's being done by multi-level marketers. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, multi-level marketing is the same thing as a pyramid scheme. So they're taking advantage of, uh, you know, patients. They're taking advantage of parents and children, um, you know, parents who are desperate to save their children, who are having seizures, who are, you know, suffering, and 
I just, you know, let's just legalize marijuana for all uses. And then we don't have to like focus on this. But anyway, well, there, there is just for <clears throat> clarification, some difference between what is obviously a, a, a scheme in the hemp paste from China versus the, you know, CBD oil laws that, you know, say were passed in Wisconsin and some of these other states, right? I mean, you would say that, that CBD, even on its own, can be somewhat beneficial, assuming that it's a high quality grow, you know, yeah. good extraction. Yes, I do. But I also agree with Russ Belleville that you're, you're, you're running into a box canyon when you do that. You're basically separating CBD from everything else and... You know, it's you know, it, it is a miracle. I mean, you know, medical marijuana is the miracle. CBD is just a part of that. So, um, you know, I, obviously, you know, even GW Pharmaceuticals has a product now. Besides Sativex, they have Epidiolex. It's a CBD extract drug specifically for treatment of seizures. Now, that's extracted from a cannabis plant. It's, it, there's a difference if it's extracted from a hemp plant, and you know. All, all of these things are moot in the, in the face of legal pot. So, you know, high CBD strains, uh, you can check out um, Project CBD uh, or cbdcrew.org. They have a lot of uh, different strains. Now, another thing people ask about, Charlotte's Web. I need Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web is just one of many strains that are out there, and it's one that's, you know, I don't know all the history, but it sounds to me like it's being somewhat hoarded. So there's other ones, R4, and things out there that are closely related. There's uh, so many strains out there that are high in CBD, uh, particularly in Spain and Europe. There's a bunch, you know, over there, uh, Canatonic. Um, and growing them out and using extracts from them and smoking them will will be much, much greater for you as a benefit than taking some uh, hemp paste or CBD-only medicine. So keep that in mind if you're out there and you're looking to do this. As far as growing high CBD strains, there's not that much, there's nothing really different about it than growing other, you know, growing pot in general. The important thing is that you find genetics with CBD in them. And there's a lot of scammers out there. So you know, go go to the source. Go to cbdcrew.org. Go to, you know, Resin Seeds. They have a high CBD. I know Django and the folks at uh, MT, MTG Seeds have uh, some high CBD stuff. I know Subcool's working on it. They're out there. And, you know, find out which one, what ratio works for you. Find out what strain has that ratio and grow it out the same way you would uh, with any other plant. There's nothing really that you do differently. It's really all there in the genetics. And you just have to um, make sure that the genetics shine through. And if you do that, you will utilize CBD to its utmost effectiveness. But don't be fooled. Like, there's CBN, there's THCA, there, there's 150 or more um, different cannabinoids that work together. So please, you know, let's, let's free the whole plant. Let's free cannabis. Let's free weed just like the show says. I can't emphasize it enough. There's a lot of scammers out there. There's all these, you know, pot stocks and all kinds of, just miss me with all of that stuff. I'm not, I didn't get into this business to get rich. Uh, I did it out of love for the plant. So, I, you know, you can't, you, you're not, you're not going to get me with that stuff. I'm not, I'm not interested in getting rich quick. I'm interested in legal marijuana for anyone who wants it. And that's where I'm at. And that's, I won't stop until that's the way it is. And so all of these are just little baby steps in that direction. Fine, whatever, you know, if a state doesn't even have medical and they want to pass CBD, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate on them. 
but I'm also going to make sure that the people in that state continue fighting for more freedom for uh, you know all of the benefits of cannabis, which are not just CBD. Grow your own, grow high CBD strains, grow you know CBD to THC, even strains, whatever it is. Give them away. Give the strains away if you have cuttings of them. Who cares? Like, this isn't something for the rec- recreational market. No, you know, you or me aren't interested in high CBD strain. I'm not interested in. T- I'm not sick. You know, but you know, for the for the medical purposes, just that's don't hoard CBD strains. Give that stuff away. All right. Well, there you go. And uh, that was our cultivation tip of the week. Uh, it was more of a. Uh, an impassioned uh, discussion yeah, about I, CBD I wanted to get it out there. You know, yeah. People are asking me about this stuff all the time. We did, we did, a, we've done a lot of grow stuff on the show, but you know, and this is a grow thing too. But it's also just a philosophy. Like, just you know, keep in mind that this is this is important for people and for children and for all of that. So, absolutely, and well said. Okay, so uh, what do you say we move on to the Q and A portion of the show? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, read you some questions from our listeners and if you have a question that you would like Dan to answer on air uh, write us freeweed at hightimes.com also on twitter at Danny Danko at MyQ's underscore hashtag freeweed let's dive right in uh, John wrote us a very lengthy email with many, many tips and suggestions we're not going to cover the entire thing this week but uh, let's do a little bit of it uh, I like the first point um, well, first of all, he says, I just want to extend my love for the continuation of the show and also give you some suggestions would, which would make the show really fucking awesome. <laughs> so we like that. Let's uh, <laughs> step one. Add Mike's name to the title. Whoa. I believe that without Mike and the back and forth from the two of you, the show wouldn't have the same luster. Hmm. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Whoa. So free weed from Mike Hughes and Danny Danko. Mm, I mean, does... Do producers usually get credit in the title <laughs> of a show? I don't. Yeah, I mean, I just well when they're this I, historically, amazing. I've never, I've yeah. never seen that. I mean, I guess mm. co-host, producer, yeah. maybe. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know. We'll what, think about let's it. Let's revisit that. We'll yeah. pencil that in, and we'll we'll revisit that at a later date. Okay. Meaning uh, no. Right. Okay. <laughs> Step, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Step two. Um, Get an updated version of the Free Weed theme song. I love the song, but after hearing the Free Hash song, I realized that it needs more oomph. Free Hash, <laughs> uh, if you didn't already know, it was killer and totally threw me for a loop uh, when it wasn't the regular song. I guess he enjoyed hearing that for the first time. Hmm. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. Um, you know, we do have them. Uh, we have Jacques and Winstrong working on a uh, a new song. I mean, obviously, the, the, the normal radio part of the song is somewhat inaccurate now, as it wasn't when we started. But, uh, you know, I love the song. I love it. You know, I walk down the, the, you know, the pathways at the Cannabis Cup and people are singing the song. And mm, yeah. I like it. I think it's great. I, I, All right. So, so but, far, but can, you're you know, saying no to everything that John is suggesting. That's not true. It, I, like no. I said, we are there. There is a revamp of the song happening. We are remixing it. It's, it's happening. It's going to be, uh, you know, somewhat more accurate and hopefully, you know, a great version of a great tune. Okay, step three. He he wants us to elaborate a bit more on the Q and A, and he also notes that uh, there are times when you give a different answer to what I ask, but your answer is actually correct, and I read the wrong thing. So that's interesting. He said that happened back in the '30s, the episode '30s, I guess. Uh, another step. He wants more news hit and less sports on drugs, and <laughs> we'll do one more here from John. Um, he would like a bit. 
weekly or whatever on smoking etiquette. Could be anything from joints to bongs to vapes or whatever. Okay, well, I like the etiquette idea. We, yeah. we definitely should do that. We wanted to, you know, we wanted to talk about like the etiquette of smoking with celebrities. That oh, that's we, a good one. That's a future yeah. future thing we could talk about because it's an interesting subject. Like, how do you approach it and and all that? And I've had some experience, I should say, um, you know, puffing with some of these people and uh, what what that's like. And we could talk with uh, some of the coworkers as well because you know, Bobby and Jen and other people here have done the same so i like that idea all right yeah all right so finally john you liked one of john's ideas we we have a bunch more yeah we have a bunch more here but we'll do it another time thank you very much john for writing in and i agree with um putting my name in the title all right let's move on to uh daniel what's up mike and danny uh, two funny points to bring up. Danny and I share the same first name, so my coworker calls me Danny Danko. Uh, we're both listeners. Uh, anyway, my question. If I introduce a strain or two into a field, after a certain amount of years, considering crossbreeding and the natural evolution of the genetics, will I get a new land race? Uh, the weed was different in the 70s than it is today. What do you have to say about the overall change in marijuana and what you can predict for it? Potency, taste, uh, the blending of sativas and indicas. What do you think? Huh. Interesting. Um, basically, you're not going to get a land race. I mean, that that takes, uh, you know, several thousand years. I would say at least a few a few hundred to uh, to really get to a place where you're, it's a land race. And plus, a land race here in the U.S. Uh, will most likely probably um, you know devolve into a more hemp type of strain, like the like the uh, the ditchweed that you see. Uh, in you know places where there used to be hemp growing and things like that, that those are really kind of the American land race. Um, land races are really strains that from their original origin, where they come from. You know, an African land race is living right now in Africa, um, South e- South Asian and 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 things like that. Those are land races, pla- strains that come from where they're they've lived for many many years and adapted to. Uh, so it'd be tough to get sort of to create an American land race. Although if you've got, <clears throat> if you have the time, you know, it'll eventually happen. Uh, obviously there's crossbreeding, obviously, you know, some of that ditch weed, you know, hemp pollen will probably, you know, infiltrate. If there's not a person there physically to do the breeding and the selection process, you know, it, it tends to devolve. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to improve the quality, you have to go to that field and, you know, choose the plants that you want to uh, to flower and produce the seeds for the next year. And that way you improve it. But just to leave it in the field and let it go wild, you're going to end up with hemp, you know, ultimately in the end. All right. Not very helpful if you want to get high. So thank you, Dan. Uh, let's move on to Fushang. Uh, Fushang wants a recommendation uh, for an indica for a first time grow. So he wants a short plant and uh, something with a nice before-bed buzz. He suffers from insomnia. Uh, he has two 400-watt HPS lights, and uh, he's going to grow in soil. He would like a nice yield also, if possible. Uh, he's thinking about growing organic, and anyway, he wants to he wants to grow it first from feminized seed. So, so what do you think? Good before-bed buzz grown in soil, uh, feminized seed with a nice yield in indica. Huh, okay. Um, well, he's looking for nighttime relief. Obviously, you're going to go with indica dominant strain. You want a good yield. Uh, I got a couple suggestions. I think, uh, you know, one of the powerhouse indica dominant strains is Granddaddy Perp uh, from Canestes, uh, granddaddyperp.com. 
that's an incredible, powerful indica that's very good for uh, insomnia uh, and a great yielder. And it looks beautiful. I mean, it's purple colors and just amazing. Great flavor, candy flavor. But, you know, most importantly, nighttime relief. And, uh, you know, uh, Big Buddha cheese, that's a, a great, you know, Afghani dominant uh, potent indica that's great for, you know, nighttime. Oh, the black from BC Bud Depot is another one. Those are all uh, real heavy indica dominant strains that are perfect for right before bed. Um, as far as feminized seed, I mean, my recommendation is start from regular seeds, uh, keep one of the chosen females as a mother plant, and then take clones of it over and over because it's the only way you're going to be sure of getting the same product over and over. Otherwise, you're at the mercy of the seeds, and seeds obviously have different uh, phenotypes that'll pop out, and you know you just want to find the one you like, and uh, you know, and and turn it into a mother plant. My recommendation, like I said, with regular seeds, that way um, you can flower a clone from the mother plant and and find out the sex of the the mother plant without flowering it. That way, you don't have to reverse it back from flowering to vegetative, and you can avoid all that. Uh, extra time and effort and frustration that can arise when you try to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, that. those are my recommendations for you as far as indica-dominant strains. There's a ton of other ones out there that work for insomnia. Um, just make sure, you know, like I said, that it's indica-dominant, and uh, if you're looking for a good yield, most indicas have a good yield, a short flowering time. So you're in luck as far as, you know, what you can choose to grow. Most uh, indica-dominant hybrids are going to work for you. All right, we are way over time, so let's go to the speed round with just a couple more. Uh, Nasty Naz writes in, I started five seeds indoors that I purchased last year through a seed bank I heard about on a different podcast. Well, Nasty Naz, that's your first problem. (laughs) You're listening to the wrong podcast. Exactly. (laughs) Gorilla Seeds. All right. um, Anyway... The, uh, the I was getting uh, feminized seeds, and they were actually randomly chosen, so needless to say, uh, there was a male in there. Um, I ran my lights 24 hours a day, but in preparation for the transition to outdoors, I changed the lights to 18.6 for about the last month or so. All of a sudden, one of the five started showing signs of being a male, and uh, my question is, is it safe to assume that the rest are female, or did I stress the plants myself by changing the lights and create the hermaphrodite by my own design? Uh, it doesn't sound like you stressed them out. I mean, you just changed the light cycle slightly. That can sometimes stress plants out. Um, but if you found a male, get rid of it. And you should be closely monitoring the other plants to make sure that they're not males. Uh, but I don't think you screwed it up, and I don't think anything crazy happened. You, you know, I think the male just showed itself uh, sooner than anything else. And I think, like I said, just keep an eye on all the other ones. Uh, you know, make sure that they're females. If they're males, get rid of them. If they're hermaphrodites, get rid of them. But if they're females, I think you're all set. All right. Very good. And one last one uh, from Jeremy. Danny and Mike, I love what you're doing with the show. I've gone through almost all the back episodes. Can't get enough of y'all's podcast. Yes, I'm from Texas. Uh, anyway, the question is, uh, is roach weed really stronger bowl for bowl than unsmoked weed? Because it always seems that when I smoke a bowl of roach weed, I get higher than when I just smoked a fresh bowl. It doesn't taste near as good, though. This is not a question that comes up very often at high times. But in your life as a stoner, I know that you have smoked some roach weed. So what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've certainly smoked roach weed. It's been a long time. 
and I don't recommend it. I don't think it's, uh, you know, very wise. I think only, you know, I mean, I guess if you run out of everything uh, and it's, it's, it's a necessity, um, then, you know, do what you got to do. But as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, the flavor of roach meat is disgusting. <laughs> the, the tar and the, uh, I don't know, it's, there's just no reason to smoke it. As far as whether it gets you higher, I, it's, I guess that might be more of a question for Dr. Mitch, you know, to ask him maybe at some point. But, gosh, I don't think that high is worth that <laughs> the price that you pay when you're smoking roach weed. Uh, yeah, I just I don't recommend it. I put filters on my roaches anyway, so there's really very rarely too much weed left behind. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't recommend it. And even if it did get you more high, I wouldn't recommend it, All which right. I don't know that it does. Okay, well, maybe we'll follow up with Dr. Mitch. Uh, thank you, Jeremy, for the question. Please do keep listening to the podcast. Uh, Dan, what do you say? We take a little break, come back, wrap it up with Raw. Let's do it. All right, you guys, awesome. Another show in the book, 64, Free Weed. From Danny Danko and Mike Hughes. <laughs> I kind of like Mike Hughes and Danny. Anyway, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, this is the wrap. So we wrap it up with raw. We do. And we use raw papers to do that. Always. Raw filters. Yes. Raw parchment. Yes. Raw cones. Sure. Everything raw. Raw. All the time. Mm-hmm. Ooh, baby, I like it raw. Yes. <laughs> Oops. So a uh, big thanks Old to... dirty Danko. Mm, very dirty Danko. <laughs> Big uh, thanks to Sabrina for coming on the show. Absolutely. Putting Thank up with you. Dan. Thanks to Sabrina from Normal. Thank you to uh, managing editor and NYC jam gal Jen uh, for talking about the Mo appearance at our Cannabis Cup. Um, thanks to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the tune. Thanks to Mike Hughes for the production and the co-hostage. And I think that's pretty much episode 64, right? Is there any kind of sports figure we can attach to that number? I, I got nothing. So. I got nothing. Yeah. 64? 64. All right. Put it in the books. Mm-hmm.